would go through this exercise where we would kind of look back. My eyes could instantly see the common threads um, that laced it all together, even though it just looked all so disconnected to them. And so I hear so many disconnected things, meaning they didn't seem to be connected in real time. But in hindsight, what you see is they were very much preparing you for this. I don't know about you, but when I was starting this, I really didn't know how to go about things. And maybe you've done what I've done. You think, you know what? Seems like I learned everything the hard way. So these are 11 lessons that we learned, goodness, over the course of about seven or eight years of, uh, honestly, some victories and then really transparently some mistakes that were made in the publishing industry. And so all of that has really shifted. And as we say many times, you don't need the permission of someone to publish your idea or to release your message to the world. What you really need is just a simple process, a step-by-step framework that works for you, that other people have used. The 11 Mind Shifts really is the startup of that. And so you're going to learn how to use different processes. You're going to learn how to share your message. You're going to learn, hey, where's the money actually come from, Uh, whether you're motivated by the income or not. It honestly takes money to amplify your message. And so we'll talk about the place of a publisher, the place of do it yourself, All of that information is in a free PDF download. Just click the link in the show notes below uh, at www.amplifyonline.info slash 11. I'll repeat it, amplifyonline.info slash 11, and you'll have instant access to the 11 mind shifts. That is amplifyonline.info slash the number 11. I remember a couple years ago, I was sitting up at Panera Bread, which I'm convinced is not casual dining. It is basically a fast food restaurant with different color painting, right? So if you decorated it just like McDonald's or Burger King, you would think you were in a fast food restaurant. It's the same. It's not like healthy food. I don't know. There are a few things there that I... Okay, one thing that I love, I order it on repeat. I love Big Macs, though, but that doesn't mean they're healthy. It just means... Um... All right. Well, this is not the subject of all that. I just remember I was sitting at a Panera Bread with a friend. I was attending his church. He was pastor. And he asked me, at that time I was in the home-based business industry, uh, network marketing. And he said, man, like, where do you get, like, all these ideas and all this stuff you're posting on social media? Like, what in the world? Like, how how are you coming up with this? And, and I asked him, I was like, what do you mean? And he said, well... I continue wanting to post on social media and on our website. I want to put some content there so people can come visit our website at the church and they have something to see that's new that really adds value, but I'm just not sure what I would say. And I told him, I was like, man, straight up, like you are, and he's a great speaker. I heard him, I mean, just about every week, unless I was traveling or out of town or something, speaking somewhere myself. And I said, you guys, pastors, are some of the best content creators because you get up there, you speak every single week. You generally take the message incredibly seriously because there are eternal ramifications. I said, look, you you do a great job of this. You have all the stuff you need. And he said, well, he, like he, I wasn't making the bridge yet. He said, like, like, I understand. Thank you, by the way. I understand. But like, I'm so focused on doing that 
that I don't have time to do everything else. And I was like, what do you mean? So now I'm not making the connection. And he said, well, like I spent all this time studying to do a message on Sundays. And like, I do take it very seriously because it is important, but I take it so seriously that I don't have time to post on social media and do blog posts and all this other stuff like you're talking about. I was like, oh, okay, that's the disconnect. You're assuming that what you're saying on Sunday needs to be separated from what you would say during the week. And so I explained to him, I said, here's what I do. Every time I go speak somewhere, we record it and I've got this video. It may be 40, 45 minutes long. I'm talking and then we go through and get the main points and we chop it up and we take some of those main points and we turn those into a blog post on my website. And then we take some of those and we chop those up even more and we put those on social media and then some of the main points, like we might make a graphic or a quote card or something else and we post that separately. And then we use all of that on social media to drive people back to the blog. And then on the blog, there's always like this next step that takes people either to the full talk, which in my case, a lot of times they can buy because it's part of a series of talks or it's part of a course. In your case, you know, you don't really want to sell the sermon and, and arguably you shouldn't sell the sermon, not in that form, but you could kind of lead them into your church app or lead them somewhere where they register for access. And all of a sudden, like, I, th I think he saw it that the same processes that I was using to run this business ecosystem, those same processes could arguably be used for a more important message of his, I don't want to call it a church ecosystem, or is it ecosystem? Uh, whatever the case. I think it's whatever. Just pick one and stick with it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I say confidently, like, yeah. uh, you know, I said, hey, it's the, but he suddenly saw, okay, I got it. And, and then what I watched happen over the next six months was, man, he implemented a process with his media team to where every week they would take the sermon, they would break it apart. And, and it got to where he was really efficient at it because if he knew on the back end it was going to become a blog post during his sermon prep time, like the, his study time for that, like he'd go ahead and write up the, the copy for it because he knew like this is going to be a main point. I'm going to go ahead and write the copy. That's going to help me work through the wording in my mind while I'm writing this down. I'm going to go ahead and write up the main points that I think might be a quote card or a source material or something of that nature. And I saw him totally level up his game of communicating that message with far more people. And that's really what we want to do with Amplify. You know, you've got this message, it's on your heart. You're probably not a pastor. Most of the people listening to us are not ministry leaders. Well, I, I beg to differ. I think there's going to be a lot of ministry leaders um, just because that's the circle that we kind of run in anyway. But um, I think that they probably have the most room to grow because um, I'm thinking back to a conversation that I had with one of our clients that, um, you know, he just, he could not connect how some of the things that I was presenting to him, um, quote, applied because they were a ministry. And I'm thinking to myself, my goodness, if you're working in ministry, it seems like the, ex the, the level of excellence should be even higher, you know, whatever. Um, but that was my perception. And so I think that 
if you're a pastor and you could get into a rhythm, you could get into this framework and you could apply it, you probably have the most room for growth because again, it's all about these minor adjustments you're already doing all the things and you make these minor adjustments and then all of a sudden you just open yourself up to, you know, I call it energy. When you start collaborating with other people, you start using tools that make things so much easier and less time. It helps to automate or delegate things that are not in your wheelhouse. It just does this crazy thing where it becomes really, really exciting to do some of the things, same things you were doing with a different energy. It's this exchange of energy. If that, I don't know if I articulated that right, but, um, well, I think that's what he saw is like, he was assuming we're there meeting at Panera bread that he's got to recreate stuff or make time for more content creation. And what I was able to show him, even though we didn't have the word at the time was, you know, this is seven years ago. Amplification is not about creating more stuff. It's about making what you already have louder and clearer in such a way that more people hear it. So you think about on Sundays when he would go up on that stage, there's generally a guy running the sound system. So he's speaking on a microphone. That guy is running the sound, moving the music, and then moving the words up to a level where everybody that's in the room, big room, can hear. That's amplification. Uh, There's also somebody running a camera that's broadcasting that thing to Facebook Live, to YouTube Live, to record later for their church app. That's amplification. It's not changing the message. It's changing the media, the form the delivery system, the container of the message. Uh, there's generally, you know, two or three people in there on the front row taking notes in a notebook, amplification. Somebody else probably has an MP3 recorder to take it home and listen to it, amplification. Somebody else is going to put it on a podcast, amplification. It's not about, you know, making more stuff. It's about saying, I mean, in his case, he and I were talking, he's like, man, I study all week. Half the people in the church aren't even there on Sunday. And he wasn't, you know, knocking those people. He said, man, they have important things. They're on family vacations. They're on trips. They're, they've got incredible opportunities to go and explore, you know, some other things that they're doing. So how do I, because the message is still going to apply. How do I take it to them? Well, you amplify it in such a way. Now put yourself in the shoes of a teacher, put yourself in the shoes of someone that's teaching a hobby, someone that's teaching some of the things that we talked about in the previous episode that your message can do or two episodes ago where you can help people achieve an elusive result or a goal. You can give them perspective to live differently. You can take them on a physical, emotional, or spiritual transformation. Uh, you can increase their knowledge or accelerate a learning curve. Whatever you're doing, here's, here's what I learned a couple years ago, and, I, and I'll explain where I learned it in a moment, is the same processes that work for one mode of content uh, or one type of message those same processes work for all the messages. So when you listen to something like this and you go, well, you know, I'm, I'm not really, you know, a, I'm not really a pastor. Well, it'll still work for you. Oh, well, I am a pastor. Oh, well, great. It'll work for you too. Or, Hey, I've got this message that I really want to help people with parenting. Oh, super. This'll work for you. Oh, I want to teach people how to run their business more efficiently and build a cohesive team and a, you know, a contagious culture. Super. This'll work for you. Oh, well, I want to help people. You fill in the blank of whatever it is. Awesome. This will work for you. Oh, well, I want to teach people how to get fit to where they can, you know, lose weight and get in shape. And, you know, all of a sudden they've got more margin. You know, they're healthier. And if they're not healthy, they can't parent and lead and all this other stuff. So I want to really help them raise their quality of life. Great. 
this will work for you as well because the same processes will work for any kind of message. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes that makes good sense. I like that. Uh, a couple of years ago, you know, this was where it kind of hit me. I remember I was at that time leading some business workshops and at the same time also had gotten started in this men's event. So some of the people, you know, listening here, you might have even heard of the advance before. Uh, that's a, a men's event uh, that was meeting twice a year. Not really a retreat. Uh, you know, we had grown up going to those, but we really wanted to help guys move forward in every area of life to become better fathers, better husbands, better workers, better craftsmen, better at health, better in their faith. I mean, you know, all across the board. And I remember early on, we, we were teaching a lot of business in that event, just like in those business workshops. I was involved in a home-based business industry. And what dawned on me at some point was, golly, you know, I was teaching these business principles and how to make money in that business, that specific business. It was involved with essential oils. I was teaching people how to do that kind of by necessity so that we could grow our team. Um, but over time, I really felt drawn more back to my roots, which was I used to lead in churches and in nonprofits. And with this advanced material, I wanted to, you know, at that point, that was our third event. We were teaching about half of the event was business and half of it was life and faith. And really just becoming an extraordinary human and living out the purpose that God had put on you. And I wanted to get back more to that. And so I'm driving down the highway. One of my friends is driving the car. He picked me up from the airport. I remember exactly where I was. I was on the highway and over off to the right, I could see the Chiefs Stadium and the Royals Stadium side by side. I don't even know the official name of those stadiums. But he asked me, hey, what are you working on now? What are you writing? Uh, the, the assumption he had, and he was correct, was I was kind of always reading and developing something. Um, and I told him, I said, I think that I want to stop teaching the business. We've already recorded all that. Uh, we can send people to the videos. But I want to teach people more about, and, I, and I, that's where I first said it, grace, freedom, purpose, and empowerment. And that's kind of the what became kind of the headings for the framework on Jenkins.tv and some of the resources that are there. I want to teach people who they are, to understand who they are, and to live as an overflow of who they are, their identity. And he affirmed. He said, you know, I, I think you're right on. Teaching the business and the compensation plan behind this company is, here's how I articulate it, is not going to change people's lives in the way that teaching all of those other concepts will. I think you're supposed to teach those other concepts. Now, it wasn't lost on me that in that moment, like we're going to go teach this men's event, half the material is going to be business, and then we're doing a full-blown business workshop that Sunday night after the whole thing's over where, you know, 100 and something guys are attending the event at that stage in the game, 100 more people coming that Sunday night. And I, I remember all of that, um, but, but the next couple weeks... You know, I started shifting that framework, and really that's when I started developing Advance as it is now, where, you know, you read all the material, there's not a lick of business in it. 
it's designed to help people define where they feel like they're supposed to be in life and then build a roadmap forward through the grind of life while managing all the important areas of life. Uh, and it helps them work through some of the disciplines that you know I've learned over time as they move from where they are to where they're designed to be. Well, one of the big questions I get a lot is the technology. How tech savvy do you have to be? And many people assume that they don't have the knowledge or skill set to do the technology that's required to amplify your message. Here's the deal. The way people interact with websites has radically changed, but the technology itself has changed more in your favor. Back when I began, we had to band-aid six, seven, sometimes eight or ten different platforms together, and when one broke, it was like a domino chain reaction. They all fell apart. Now, everything I do is all under one platform, all under one roof. It's Kajabi. So if you've ever seen a website that I put together, it was on Kajabi. If you've received an email from me, sent that through Kajabi. If you've made a purchase and then you've logged into uh, your online library to see a video or a course or even a podcast like this one or even heard an audiobook, all of that featured in Kajabi. Kajabi means to take flight, and what they'll do is really provide you the resources and the tools to help your message take flight and get it out there. Here's the great news. We have a link down below to all of our tools and where you can take advantage of a free trial in Kajabi. We'll provide you some free training. You can make an offer very quickly and begin selling that, and before you even need to pay anything um, for that platform, you could be actually in the green, earning your money. I tell you this too, a lot of people go, well, it's got to be really expensive. No, no, no. I pay less than 15 to 20% per month to run this than I was paying to pull everything else together. That's all on Kajabi. Take advantage of the link below and uh, we'll help navigate you through the process of amplifying your message on Kajabi. It took stepping into the business world to learn about shooting videos, going live, uh, editing concepts, teaching with all these slides that would you know, enable people to actually see, publishing things, creating online courses where people could pay and go behind a, a paywall and log in with all these types of things. I think it took stepping into the business world to learn that. I never thought about it when I was in ministry. Never thought about it when I was running a 501c3, but if it works in business, okay, now we can take that same concept, use those same tactics and implement them anywhere else. And so consequently, like, you know, at some point I was in that process of making that shift myself when I told the pastor that at the uh, quick casual Panera Bread. You know, I've heard that before in different pieces. Um, not in that exact way, but what comes to my mind is just the providence of it. If you were to, and in fact, this is something that I used to do in strategy, strategy sessions um, when I was writing strategy plans for um, mostly women at the time who had startups, but we would go through this exercise where we would kind of look back. My eyes could instantly see the common threads um, that laced it all together, even though it just looked all so disconnected to them. And so 
I hear so many disconnected things, meaning they didn't seem to be connected in real time. But in hindsight, what you see is they were very much preparing you for this, which goes back to like, I think episode two, maybe one, I don't remember. We talked about how, you know, the mindset shift for us is that this amplify is part of our purpose because part of our purpose individually and collectively has is has been and is to help other people communicate their purpose. Right. So it's really cool to see your uncanny ability to have multiple things going at one time that are connected but also disconnected. Um, talk a little bit about that because that's not one of my strengths. Like, I feel like I have to finish something before I can start something, but you do this time blocking that allows you to enter and exit spaces of time where you can completely jump to a completely different topic. It's crazy. And, you know, you, you teach that in the, in the framework, the Amplify framework, which I think that in and of itself, like, is just... Oh my goodness! If you don't know where to start, just go buy that module alone because that's way in my, that's in the final module. Yeah, but it's the methods. Yeah, but I think maybe it could be the first module, the middle module, and the last module because each time I listen to it, there's something else that I learn, and it's so valuable because we all have the same amount of hours in our day, but you know, some people get a lot of stuff done and some people do not, and so. I don't know. Talk a little bit about that because I know we're kind of jumping. Um, but I think it's important because that time blocking has really been life changing to me just to watch. And I haven't even implemented it to its fullest. Well, I mean, time blocking was something that I, I learned really to implement back then when I was in that space of I'm mean, kind of the season that I'm talking about when I was developing all of these resources um, because you know, at the time, had a lot of young kids. Uh, I mean, kids are very different. When 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 you're in a season where they're all, you know, two diapers and to yeah. 10, 2 to 12. I mean, that is a season where it's like, oh, my gosh. Like, like all hands on you deck. You feel like you are a ping pong ball just getting, you know, tossed around all the time. Especially when there's as many kids in the house, you know, as, as we have. And so, you know, I kind of learned then I, I've got to block off time and mentally step out of whatever I'm doing and not work in these little time slivers, which is what most people do. Oh, I'll get five minutes here and ten minutes there, and I'll get. Oh, I'll read a book while I'm in the, you know, waiting at the dentist office, or oh, hey, while I'm in the carpool line, I'll work on. I still do that, but if you're depending upon time slivers to get your stuff done, it's not going to happen. So that was when I started thinking, okay, I'm going to take this three-hour, four-hour block, and what I'm doing is I am focusing on. X. And so if that meant I had to get up really early uh, or I needed to take the kids to school and then power all the way through to lunch and not get out of the chair, that's what I would do. And through the process of time blocking, I discovered this, that, and we'll do a whole other episode on it, uh, but, but I discovered that I'm not a good multitasker. Most people aren't. And when you try to multitask, it's just like juggling. If you're juggling, you spend more time with the balls out of your hand than in your hand. And as soon as you grab it, you got to sling it because you got to get the next thing. 
And I think a lot of people are going through life kind of juggling. You're tossing from like carpool to dinner to wash the clothes to do the whatever the next thing is to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing. And the longer you can hold those balls in your hand, the better. And so rather than just imagine if you could juggle and you toss that ball up in the air and it just pauses in the air and stays there. But then you fully hold the other one. And so you're fully present with the one that you have in your hand. And then when you let go of it and move it over, you know, you toss it in the air. It's got a long pause. You catch the other one that's coming down and you're fully invested in that one. Okay, it takes the same amount of time. So you still have, but you're, you're not moving as much. So when you hold something, you don't have this wasted air time. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's the, I hope it's translating through the airwaves here. You, you have the same amount of total time, less tosses, but the balls aren't wasting time in the air. They're fully in your hand. And so when writing the book is fully in my hand, I can get it done a lot more. My brain's not shifting around. I can do a lot more. I mean, this is how we write books in a full week, full book. Now you still got to edit it and all that kind of stuff. But like once your head's in it, oh my goodness, like you can, and you enter in this thing. I read this book called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks a couple years ago. Uh, and in it, he talks about this thing called Einstein time, where he says all time's not the same. Time is relative. And when you zone in and there's focus, time seems to, in the same way you go, oh, time flies and you're having fun. It's not really true. Time actually slows down. And you seem to get more accomplished when you're really focused on that thing. Now, it seems slow when you're doing something boring because you're really focused on the time and the boring. But when you're focused on it with what you want to engage with, oh, man, you know? And so... That's one of the takeaways that occurred during that season, because by virtue of having young kids developing this message, you know, now we're reaping the fruit of those messages that were developed during arguably busiest, craziest season. But it's this time block. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, um, let's kind of wrap this up. Give people a break. Go to the next episode one day. Go to the next episode or go re-listen to them. All right, well, look, here, here's what I would encourage you to do is go down to the show notes. Uh, we, we already ran the commercial for it. There's an opt-in right there where, you know, you take advantage. And I'm using that language on purpose because at some point we're going to teach you about opt-ins. And so, like, I want to broadcast to you and go, hey, that's what that is. So when you're looking back, go, well, what was that? that? That's what it was. If it doesn't make sense right now, that's what it is. Yeah, I, I really highly recommend to jump into at least one of our opt-ins because it, you'll see the rhythm of the emails and you'll see the rhythm of the touch points that we have because if you end up in the framework, you will be doing some of those same things yourself. And sometimes seeing them modeled yes. is the best way to learn. I'm a visual learner, so that's very helpful for me. Um, well, and even if you're not teaching people how to do what we do, the same. remember, I mean, back to the subject of this talk, the same process has worked for every kind of message. So if it works for this, it'll work for maybe you're a cobbler and you're teaching people how to make shoes. Yeah. It'll work for that or for teaching people how to grow an orchard. Yeah, it's definitely not um, hindered by topic. All right, let's sign off. All right. I, I got to tell everybody what we do. Amplify helps you multiply <laughs> and monetize. It's in reverse alphabetical order.
multiply, monetize. And this is an official part. Put a megaphone on your message. We just don't want to go to retype everything. It won't, it won't fit on the business card. Yeah. We don't well, even have a business card. And you might we'll add something else. So we'll let it settle for a minute. Remember, we're soaking here for a while. Multiply and monetize. Yeah. All right. See you next time. <laughs>